Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, this is Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I have two of my friends, Ashley and Rachel, here joining me. And the reason I have them here with us today is because we're gonna be talking about the Enneagram. As you found, this is something I really enjoy and have ha found a lot of help from, not only in my marriage, but in um, my professional setting. And so I wanted to ask these two ladies to share kind of their experience, because they are a different number than I am. Ashley is a seven, Rachel is an eight, um, and I think they have a lot to offer so we're going to jump in because we have lots of fun questions. If you have a question and you're listening to this live, send it in and we'll try and answer it as well. And this will be from our perspective. We would be first to say we're not experts. Um, we just enjoy the Enneagram and it's been fun for us um, to relate to our friends, um, to our spouses. And so we hope that this tool is something you can use as well. So I'm going to jump right in um, and have you guys just quickly introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Um, how many kids you have, what you do when you're not on here with me, and then we'll jump into some questions. So go ahead, Ashley. All right. My name is Ashley Unziker. I live in Wake Forest. Um, I have three children, ages 10, 9, and 6, and I've been married for 14 years. I actually just met my husband today 14 years ago. Um, I'm sorry. So I've been married 13 years. That would be weird. Um, so what do I do when I'm not on here? I are talking to you. I have, like I said, three kids are in a university model school. So they go two full days a week, then they're home three days. So it's kind of like, it's not homeschool. It's like a hybrid, kind of the best of both worlds with that. So that keeps me pretty busy for sure. Awesome. And then what about for you, Rachel? I'm Rachel. I have four children, ages similar to Ashley's actually 10, eight. It might take me a second. <laughs> Six and two. Um, and my husband jokes that we have a fifth child that was between my last two, which is uh, a small business. I'm a small business owner in the area as well. And I've been married 13 years. Tell us what that small business is. Oh, it's a CrossFit gym. It's actually right near Hunter Row. We're on uh, Strickland and uh, Six Forks. And it's awesome. I love it. That's great. United is um, CrossFit United, right? Is the gym that you're talking about. My husband. Yeah. Fitness. That, that's right. Yeah, started going there and that's what got him the most consistent in fitness I've ever seen. Now he's off the bandwagon again, but when he gets back on there, he's <laughs> a good, you know, few years that he stays committed. So it's pretty awesome and I'm all for it there. So awesome. Well, let's jump in. I'll just share that I'm at Enneagram 3. Ashley Unzaker is a seven. So that's going to be mm -hmm. tricky when we're talking the two Ashleys. I'm a three, she's a seven, then Rachel is an eight. Um, and so let's jump into these questions and let's see what we can learn about each other in the Enneagram. So the first question is, what do you do to have fun? What does self-care look like for you? Or how do you relax? So me, Ashley, three on the Enneagram. And for those who don't no, is the achiever or the performer is generally what the three is associated with. And so for me, all fun, self-care, relax. These are not going to sound fun to a seven to <laughs> I wouldn't think. Um, 
But for me, they are exercise, organizing, and reading. And, and that's how it comes up for me. Not for all threes, but that's how self-care, relaxation show up for me. And I also really love thrifting and consignment sales. Those are like my jam. So what about for you, Ashley Unsaker? Yes, that is different than what I enjoy. I like like dancing parties and singing and making fun videos and going to as many parties as I can, hanging out with friends. Um, lately though, I have had some more chill things. Like I've gotten into like painting, gardening, a little bit more chilled out. Recently been mountain biking. That's new. So Rachel and I have been doing that. (laughs) So I like new things, traveling, that kind of stuff. Well, and I was even going to say, if anybody... If, I think all those videos are still there that you've made, but you've made some yeah. really fun, like pregnant mama videos. Yes. Some ones with all your kids are in them. My husband even is in one of them. Just <laughs> And then you rapping some theology. <laughs> so if you like to see fun videos, you got to go check out Ashley Anziker on probably YouTube, but we could find it. It's them. on YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what about for you, Rachel? Self-care fun. What does that look like for you as an eight? You know, when I first read that question, I'm like, oh, self-care. What is that? (laughs) I don't have time for that. (laughs) As you both know, I didn't have time to fully prepare for this. Self-care is not necessarily a word I use in my vocabulary, but I actually love all of the things that you guys mentioned. Exercise is definitely one that keeps me sane and I enjoy it um, a lot. And I do love adventure. I kind of, I relate to new things and I love traveling and exploring new restaurants. You know, I do love that side of things for sure. But I would say I despise cleaning like with a passion and, but I thrive with order. And so I have to have that structure and I force myself and my children and others (laughs) to maintain order because I function a lot more healthfully when things are where they should be. And so I just a follow up question for you, Rachel, just to say my husband is an eight. So I want to learn so much from you. But is order natural for you? Or does is that something that you love, but isn't always priority? It probably varies by eight, I would guess. Um, For me personally, my husband would say that he thinks that I love order and and thrive on it. And it comes naturally to me, but it doesn't actually. It's more that it must be there because efficiency is not possible without it. And I'm like an efficiency fiend. And so for me, I don't love spreadsheets. I don't love, you know, putting my silverware lined up perfectly in the right drawer. But when it's not, I like, I panic. And I'm like, well, who would do that? Like what kind of person would put this in the wrong place? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Which I sometimes I mistype as a one actually, just because I, I just love order because it makes sense. And I love systems operating efficiently. And so I do it more as a discipline than a passion, if that makes sense. That does. And saying that you mistype as a one makes sense too, because one that those do sound like more one traits. But I would say like with my husband as an eight, his closet once every three years, maybe is like immaculate (laughs) on my side. And then the rest of the for a day or two. And then for the rest of the, you know, year and days, it's not. So I just was curious about that order thing for you. So there may be some male, female differences there as well. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and one thing that I think is fair to share that, you know, Jed doesn't get excited when I talk about Enneagram. So that's why I'm talking to you guys and not him because he doesn't want to hear about it. But he is really surprised. And I want to hear if this is the case for you guys, but that I kind of categorize, I want to know people's Enneagram and Myers-Briggs type and strengths so that I can put them in these folders. And he's like, I put 
if I was, he said, I don't put people in a folder, but if I had to put someone in a folder like you do, they would be their own folder and the title would be their name, not their Enneagram type. Huh. Like yeah. I put people in eight, you know, mm -hmm. folder or the seven folder or the six. And he's like, that's just not how it works for me. And that really bothers him because he does like individualization. And so the fact that I'm clumping all these mass amount of people into one folder titled eight, he's like, I want no part of that. Do you feel that way at all, Rachel? Or is that not relate? Absolutely. I relate to what Jed's saying. Um, I think you touched on something really important that the Enneagram is a very useful tool to help us kind of organize people's motives instead of assuming the worst intentions. You know, when they behave a certain way, we'll think, oh, you're just a dominating jerk. You know? But in reality, we realize they feel out of control and they like order. So let me love them rather than accuse them. And so I think the Enneagram is a great tool to have in your marriage belt. But when it is used as a weapon or like a jail cell, like I, I would assume sevens probably often feel um, wrongly. And Ashley, you should speak to this as a seven, but I feel like a lot of times they're just categorized as a seven. Well, you don't like commitment and you can't finish any project that yeah. you start. And they despise that about themselves and want to not be that. And so right. they feel trapped. And I often, similarly to Jed, I'm like, I don't want to dominate people. That's not me. Like, don't right. dare put me in the box. I'm much bigger than the box. <laughs> <laughs> I think it can be a useful tool, but it can also be a dangerous weapon if we're not careful. Yeah, I agree. Can you speak to that, Ashley, just as a seven who does like fun? Do you, how have you come about the Enneagram and not feeling boxed in or does it make you feel a little bit boxed in? So yeah, thinking through this, one of the things that people typically think is that we're flighty or flaky or we don't stick to a commitment. I actually am not like that typically. Like I, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I like to do it. It's the right thing to do. And I would want, I don't want people to flake out on me. It feels terrible. So no, I, I don't like that boxing in either. I do think it's a useful tool and most things seem to be pretty accurate with it. But yeah, I don't want to be put in a group of people that are like, oh, they're just the partiers. They don't do it. You know, don't care about people. <laughs> so Right. And keeping commitments. And I guess that for me as a three, I don't know if this is my threeness or if this is just meanness. I don't know. But, you know, I love diving into the Enneagram and learning more about myself because it's like these light bulbs go off in my mind of like, that's why I do that. Or, and so for me, it's like identity forming and it just has all these awareness. And Jed's just like, I am who I am. And that's just the way it is. You know, he doesn't yeah, care yeah. to know why he's just like, this right. is who I am and it's great. And I'm like, I don't know why I do that. And I want to know, and I want to, you know, and yeah. has given me a lot of aha moments, not as a crutch. That is not the point of the Enneagram is to give us a crutch of like, well, right, that's how I right. am. That's what threes do. But it's like, Oh, this desire to perform and achieve is like an Enneagram that, that speaks to a three in the Enneagram. That's very right. in me. So it can go amok and I can't lean on that as like, well, that's just what I do, but it does give some really big awareness for me as a three. Mm -hmm. So I'll jump into the next question. I like this. I think it's a, a fun question. So what is a pet peeve of yours relationally that fits with your Enneagram type? So if, you know, looking at the different types and maybe as you explain this answer, maybe give just a little synopsis of what your number is like I did. That would be helpful for people who might not be as aware or familiar with it. So again, three, Ashley speaking, yeah. a pet peeve for me relationally is I don't understand when people are not super motivated and wanting to achieve and be the best and win at everything. 
that doesn't make sense to me because that's the filter that I look at the world. So when people are just like, I just play to have fun. I'm like, what is that? Play to have fun. I don't play unless I can win. So, you know, so that would be a pet peeve of mine of just like, you know, people in school that weren't motivated to be the best in class and get A's on every, I didn't understand it. So that was, mm-hmm. I, I would say a pet peeve of me that fits with my Enneagram type of wanting to perform and achieve. So what about for you, Ashley is a seven, give a little synopsis of what a seven is. And then if you can answer the pet. Yeah. I mean, sevens, we want to have a good time. <laughs> we like to enjoy things and we yeah. want to like how, you know, life is, it can be really fun. And so I guess, my pet peeve is when people don't see life as fun or that they, I don't like pain. I don't like discomfort. So bringing pain or discomfort into a situation is a real ruiner. And so I think that would be my pet peeve because I'm like, no, 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 you know, let's make this, this is good. Let's have fun. So I don't know. I guess my pet peeve would be just maybe um, a bad attitude, which I can have. I can have a bad attitude a lot, um, but just bringing a bad attitude or a negative vibe or whatever you want to call it into a situation. I don't like confrontation. It really, that really bugs me kind of like a nine, honestly. I just, I don't dig it. It's not fun for me. So I guess that would be my yeah. pet peeve. So it's like the, you don't want the Debbie Downer that comes in. You guys are all having a good time and somebody comes in and just crashes the party. And it's right. Like, oh, right. Oh. So let, no, pump up the music and let's right. have a good time. Dance the cares away. <laughs> That's such a good example. What about for you, Rachel? Pet peeve and get a little synopsis of this eight that you identify with. Yeah. So as an eight, I want truth to prevail in all circumstances. And I want justice to be had. So when there's any sort of deceit or hiddenness or dishonesty, I'm pretty repulsed by it. And I would say that's a pet peeve of mine. Like I will forgive much and I can work through conflict as an aide. I also just love the other side of conflict. I won't say I love conflict necessarily, but I love what comes from uprooting pain, you know, in a relationship when you have hurt or wounds and you just hide it. And I'm like, I have friends that are nines and sevens and a lot of sevens and nines actually. <laughs> and I love them so much, but I'm like, what, what is it to just sit here and like think bad thoughts about the other person, tell them those thoughts right. so that you can work through it. You'll understand one of my uh, life mottos is to understand before being understood. And I want to, I want to do that in a way that's tender and kind and not so abrasive as uh, my habits and my family would, would do. <laughs> I uh, think that my entire family on one side in particular is all eights. I mean, just all eights. They just love conflict and directness. And Ashley's panicking even as I'm talking. (laughs) Just deep breathing. Just deep breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, family reunions are pretty hilarious. There's no cussing or anything like that where it doesn't get real aggressive. But a lot of wounds are had. A lot of little jabs with words. And so for me, just a pet peeve is not saying things. And like... um, reclusing or what would you call that? Just kind of like backing away in a relationship. I'm like, don't be a coward. Just tell me, what is it? How have I wronged you? And I'll fix it and I'll never do it again. We'll work through it. <laughs> I hate I hate when distance or hiddenness, you know, causes pain or dislike relationship separation. And I would assume this is similar, but yeah. like for Jed, I think things that annoy him about me is like people pleasing or the fear of man. You know, he's like, I just don't get that. Like, tell them what you think. They're not no better than you. You're equal, you know. So that idea of like trying to be something you're not, he totally doesn't get and is frustrated by that. And then also 
just being afraid to say how I feel because that can help the, the relationship move forward. Otherwise, you know, holding it back doesn't help. So I think that might be similar. And I think a lot of times this may go into a question that you have later a little bit, but a lot of people think that eights are fearless, you know, that they don't have, and that's true to an extent. We don't, uh, I don't as an eight ever consider people's opinions. I mean, not, I shouldn't say not ever, but almost never. I'm very often just, this is the right thing or this is the justice, like I have to push through the hard to get to the good or I see the goal in mind, similar to a three in some ways, where you know we're always like achieving and, and striving for goals to be accomplished <laughs> and efficiency for me personally. And I don't have that fear of, well, what will people think? That's never a thought. In fact, when people have that thought, I think, this is apart from Jesus. I have a walk with Jesus that impacts every aspect of my life. So apart from Jesus, I would assume the worst of that person and being married to a three. So we're actually the opposite of you and Jed, Ashley. He's the three. I'm like, why do you care? Who are you doing this for? Like what a coward would consider people's opinions. Like you go be awesome. And who cares if they're, you know, whatever. But with Jesus coupled into my heart, he he doesn't allow me to have that um, type of condemnation right off the bat. And he just helps me And the Enneagram has really helped me, like you said, have language. And I think it's more language. It's like you can identify that without this condemning, how dare you be that way? I'm just like, oh, this is your natural tendency. And there's some, as a Christian, there are some things we each personally need to repent of that are not obedience to the to God. But um, there's also just a lot of things that we need to accept about one another. And it's okay that you're motivated by something very different than me. I shouldn't try to turn my little three husband who's amazing and like such an achiever into a dominating eight. That's not who God designed him to be. <laughs> and you've touched on such an important point is the motivation. And that's why they say trying to type other people is dangerous because we could be doing the same action or behavior, but the motivation is vastly different. And so you can't know someone's motivation unless they know it and they express it to you, probably in words. So sell or trying to type other people can be risky because you don't know the underlying motivation. And like you said, a three and an eight can look very similar because we might be doing something similar, but then our, our motivation driving it, I'm doing it as a three for people's approval and to think, highly of me as an eight, you put it in your own words. Why did you do the thing that I'm trying to make myself look good about? You just do it to because, because I can. Because you can and want to, right? Absolutely <laughs> different. Was I, I, like, I will. <laughs> and you will, and you'll get it done. Yes, so true. So let's go to the next question, which I think kind of go, flows into this. And I'll let you answer it, Ashley, first as a seven. Where do you feel misunderstood as a seven? Again, with the flaky and flighty things, I do like to keep commitments. And so I do feel maybe a little misunderstood with that, that I don't take things seriously ever. Cause I do, I do take things seriously. And another thing is a lot of people think with sevens that we're always optimistic. I think also um, coming with like on the heels of receiving Christ and, and kind of following him. I do 
I am grounded in knowing actually the realities of our hearts and our minds are not always the best, right? I mean, <laughs> mostly the worst. So <laughs> I do realize that, you know, bad things happen. People do wrong things. People have wrong motives. So I wouldn't say I'm just always optimistic that everything's going to pan out and be wonderful. But, but there is on the other side of this life where everything's going to be great. So everything will be awesome on the other side of this as a believer. So anyway, I guess I would just say that there's more levels to the optimism part yeah. of a seven um, that I think could be misunderstood or like we don't take seriously, but I do. That's perfect. Yeah. And I was in small group with Ashley and felt very, I get to see the side of you that was very serious and genuine. Mm-hmm. And yes, she loved to have a fun, g- good time when we would be in Zumba class together dancing. Yeah. But at this time, you would come to small group and dig deep and then you lead worship. Right. So that's a very deep, you know, heartfelt experience. So I, I, that makes sense to me that you could feel misunderstood there. What about for you, Rachel, misunderstood as an eight? I think there's this element of control. And I need to clear the record for all of mankind to stop accusing us eight. Trying <laughs> <laughs> uh, to dominate. That is not true. I don't think I'm still processing this one. I have heard that the core fear of an eight is to be controlled. Um, like they don't ever want to be controlled. And so I think for me, I have had a lot of trouble when someone in authority over me is doing an insufficient job, according to my standards. If they're incompetent or uneducated or lazy or uh, even unintelligent, to be honest, is, is difficult for me. It's hard for me to respect someone that I don't naturally respect and to like muster that up is difficult. So I I really struggle under those, but I don't, when I respect authority, have any desire to usurp it or uh, like take over. So I actually thrive really well with authority when it's respectable. (laughs) And so usually because of Jesus, again, because of Jesus, I can respect authority, even when it's what my perception of incompetent would be. But in general, that has been a struggle for a long time for me. And I haven't been able to pinpoint why now learning a little bit about the Enneagram has helped me see that. And I can kind of confess it and verbalize it and then like work towards having reconciliation with those relationships. But I don't have the need where I feel misunderstood. It's just I don't have this need to dominate. When I walk into a room, I'm not like, I'm in charge. Everyone. (laughs) Not at all. I don't feel that way. And I never do. I mean, there are moments when I recognize the fact that I'm as just an extrovert in general, or I should say Gregorious person. I realize that I do dominate a room and you can feel my presence. They say that a lot about eights is you can feel their presence when they walk into a room. I recognize that. And I do want to keep that in mind. So I'm not dominating uh, other people, but I don't necessarily have that desire in me to dominate. It's just that when there's a competence, I will step in because everyone wants me to step in in my mind. <laughs> Everyone's saying, where's the leader? Yes. Not a leader. Bring in a leader and I will, I will lead you. I will lead you. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm speaking to a female version of my husband. This is so wonderful. <laughs> so oh gosh. I will say I have a precious friend of mine who is just the sweetest. She's married to a four who is a very healthy four. So I love him. And they have this family axiom that's like, I want to be uh, there you are people rather than here I am people. So when they walk into a room, I mean, they teach this to their little young kids that are teeny tiny toddlers. They're like, were you a there you are person or a here I am person today when you walk into the classroom? 
I think every Enneagram number should hear that, you know, I mean, a one may come in a room and be clearly like, these are the way things are. Let me set the standards. A three maybe comes in and says, look what I have done. A seven can even be like party, party. But like, if we're listening and we see the five, you know, who's struggling there or the nine that feels anxious about the conflict that's happening in the room or whatever, when we're, we're listening and becoming aware of where people are at, it's been it's been really, I love that family axiom and I want to steal it and put it on my wall. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like just being aware of others and where they're at versus being so focused in on ourselves. That's so good. So I would say as a three, where do I feel mi- misunderstood? Um, and I think it's, I tend towards task over people. And so I think that can be misunderstood as I don't care about people. Mm-hmm. I do. The task just is like, it trumps a little bit. And I hate that about myself. And like you said, Jesus comes in and reminds me of Mary and Martha. And I struggle with that a big, a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. But Mm -hmm. I think feeling misunderstood that I, all I want to do is win. And all I want to do is step on people to get there. And is that a temptation? Yes. But I also, I am aware of the people around me. And so that, that I think that's the, the pool for me. Um, as a three, just, you know, wanting to achieve and perform, but also realizing there are people around that can get in the way of that and not to step on them or use them for my, you know, um, advancement. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.